Hello and welcome to week five of the Punt Return Podcast. I am your host, Josh Wine. I'm joined, as always, uh, not all, not always, always, uh, as Nick uh, didn't join us last week, but he's back. Nick Splitter, how are we? Good, mate. It's good to be back. Uh, missed, missed an eventful episode, but uh, no, good to be back. It's good to be back. And James, as always, how are we, mate? Good. It's um, really NFL weather, isn't it, outside for us? Spring. Oh, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's going well. Today was, today's especially warm here up in, uh, Sydney. Like, you know, 30s warm. Oh, so, yeah. okay. summer's, summer's really hit. So, but we're at the quarter pole now of the, uh, 2019, 2020, I guess, NFL season. So, we're a quarter of the way through the, through the battle. And, uh, you know, let's, let's talk takeaways before recapping results. And yeah, there's a few, few, few surprises. Um, but I thought, uh, James, your biggest takeaway for week four is actually kind of really telling about the first sort of four weeks of the season. And that's the, the big discrepancy between the AFC and the NFC. Yeah, massive discrepancy. Kind of reminds me of like peak sort of NBA West versus NBA East days, you know. Um, and it's even reflected in our Stats Insider Futures model where our top 10 teams from a Super Bowl perspective, eight of them are NFC teams with just Baltimore and Kansas City from the AFC. Um, sort of indicating how wide open one conference is and how sort of closed and tight the other one is. Can't see anybody else really at the moment outside of Baltimore, uh, Kansas City and New England in the AFC. Baltimore, a bit alarming last week, but... Yeah, in the DVOA ratings, only three of the top ten are from the AFC and they actually admit that Baltimore might be a little bit too high because they just had a huge game against Miami that's rated them, that's pushed them really yeah. sky high up in their rankings and... Um, looking at my sort of rankings and, and power ratings as well, it's um, apart from Kansas City and and uh, New England, they're the top two. The re- the rest of the top ten are all uh, are all NFC, and I've still got the Ravens sort of just on the cusps there as well. But yeah, you're right. There seems to be a big discrepancy. The NFC is very very tough, and two teams that I guess that we want to talk about, Nick, and we'll start with you is. Uh, and they played each other last week, so it's kind of goes toe and toe together. Uh, talk us through the talk us through the Rams, Nick. Oh, look, I think we all we all kind of expected the Rams to be you know Super Bowl contenders, uh, you know, as they were last season, and, and maybe even take a step forward this season. And, and I know that they're they're three and one. It's not quite panic stations just yet, but they they haven't really hit their straps. Um, and there, there's got to be some concern out in LA. They're, they've only just scraped past Carolina. Uh, they smashed New Orleans, who were basically first game without Breeze, who got injured early. Yep. Um, and then a really scrappy game with Cleveland. And then they conceded 55 points to, to the Buccaneers. Um, you know, there, there must be some concern there. Um, you know, they've, they've got a, a, a really strong schedule in, in the next couple of weeks. We've got Seattle, the Niners, and Atlanta. That They need to make an impact. Mm. Um, they, need to, they need to start getting some points on the board. Um, you know, because they're, they're not really performing to the level that we expect them to on both sides of the ball. Super Bowl hangover might be a real thing. We really thought that this might be a – that's such a Bill Simmons thing for me to say, but um, we really thought this was the team, you know, the young coach and the young quarterbacks, you know, that this would be the team that could kind of shake that off and, and, and do something good. But, you know, it, it just seems to be – you know, they're still 3-1, and one, so it's like it's it, it would it shock you that if they turned it all around, like, and they just kind of – a cruising here in September, but yeah, it was it, it was it, an it, ugly game against Tampa it, Bay. It wouldn't it wouldn't shock me that they turned it all around at all. But on the other hand, it also wouldn't shock me if they started losing some of these games that they've been winning. Yep. Um, you know, because you look at their defense and, and Aaron Donald is double and triple teams every week. Yep. Um, the, the sacks are still coming. You've got Fowler and and Matthews that are still doing the job, but they're they're just not as uh, destructive as they were last season and and. 
I think that they they must be looking at themselves going, what, what are we going to do to kind of fix this and pick up the pace a little? Yeah, and then so on the flip side for me, like are the Buccaneers actually good? Like uh, is this is this going to be something? I mean, they they lost to Daniel Jones. They threw that game away. They probably should have won that if, if the field goal went through. But they've zoomed up from um, 20th to 7th in DVOA this week. Um, you know, they the DVOA, the football outsiders expected them to regress a little bit, but uh, you know, in on defense, they've really, really improved. They're on average, they're the sort of the tenth on defense, and they're the number one rated run defense in DVOA at the moment. Um, so you know, and they're actually the only top ten team in DVOA that's played a top ten schedule. Remember, football outsiders one is the hardest schedule, so a top ten schedule is a tough schedule. So. Their schedule actually gets a lot easier down the stretch, so maybe you know this this is a, 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 actually a pretty good Buccaneers team. So maybe the Rams losing isn't that big of a surprise, given that maybe the Bucks Bucks are good. Um, obviously, it can be in the middle here that the Rams aren't as good and the Buccaneers maybe are are, are improved. The the truth probably normally lies in the middle. Mm. Yeah, no, you're probably right there. It's it's difficult to say. I mean, at the end of the day, we're still only four weeks in. A yep. couple of teams have had buys already. Um, and, and we all know that the first quarter of a season is really difficult to, to kind of pick. Um, it's going to get really interesting from here, though. Yeah, definitely. So let's um, let's talk week four results. So uh, it's kind of a bit of a mix. So, you know, not as good as the Bucks, but not as bad as the Rams. Um, the lock of the week, under 42.5, Buffalo, New England. Um, that was a winner. So we're now 2-2 two and two on the year for locks. Long shots, Terry McLaurin didn't play. Um, came up late with a hamstring injury later in the week. I expected him to, to play. He didn't, but uh, that's money back, so that's not a loss. So um, you take that. Um, that was kind of a risk-free bet if he uh, didn't play. That was, that was probably the desired result rather than him playing banged up. Um, and then, Nick, another successful long shot for you. Uh, you had a couple of two options there for the Chargers. One of those got up uh, the winning margin, 19 to 24. Um, that, that lobbed at 550. And then James, the Jags price, 750. They've come right in now. There's a kind of a four-way sort of price across the board here in the AFC South. Yeah, just mayhem in that particular division, isn't it? Like yeah, it you is. could make an argument for any of the teams. Four, two and two teams. Yeah, so. exactly. It's right down the middle. Um, and uh, speaking of long shots, Nick essentially had two long shots last week because he he had a double as one of his plays, which I technically just counted as an extra play. So he kind of went two and two last week because that double was Buffalo plus seven and a half and the under was four, under 44 and a half as well. Um, the... Uh, the seven and a half was a win. Even if you, even if you had the seven, that was a win. Um, I had the minus seven. So shout out to Gostowski for missing an extra point and really um, punching me in the balls uh, there. But uh, Nick, you're, you're on a long shot, just absolute torch this season. Yeah, no, we're, we're on a good streak. But the the bills have been really good to me so far. I've had them. I've had them the, the double a couple of times and them at the line a couple of times and, and they've been good to me. Yeah, under for the Bills now 4-0 to start the year. They could uh, break the record. I think six games is the record so um, of going under to start the year. So they're, they're definitely a chance there to, to really do that. But you're, you're, you've got a better success rate hitting uh, long shots, so like above sort of 250 mark than you, are, than you have just picking lines. So um, yeah, yeah keep, just, gonna... just keep going, keeping on. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I've done this week. I'm gonna gonna have a have a played a few more kind of two dollar shots plus okay. than uh, the standard. Risky, but I like it. Uh, so I went one on one last week. Um, the under was one of my plays as well in that game. Um, and then I said the Colts. I wouldn't touch the Colts if Hilton um, didn't play. So he did not play. So hopefully he took that advice, waited for the designation, and backed away. So I'm seven and four this season. 
Um, and then obviously, James, will have to just evaluate yours at the end of the year because it's a lot of future stuff, but there's a, a lot of good prices coming in. But let's let's jump straight into week five. Miami and Detroit have the buy, and I just want to say thank God Miami have the buy. Um, <laughs> just thank God. Thank the Lord. Can they have more buy weeks? Who knows? At least it's not another 22-point line. Yes, exactly. Well, we we go close here. We'll get to we get to a big line in a little bit. Uh, L.A. at Seattle. Seattle at home. Thursday night football minus one and a half. This should be a good game. Total is forty nine and a half. Uh, Nick or James? We'll start with Nick. Any play on this? No, no play for me. Just too hard to gauge in the Rams at the moment. Yeah, it, it's very very tough. Uh, James, how do you see this one? Yeah, no play for me, but it is worth uh, you know touching upon what you guys were talking about with the Rams before. Um, you know, uh, Todd Gurley hardly touching the ball this season. Twenty third ranked in the league for rush attempts. Got <sighs> already six picks, twelve all of last year. Yep. Uh, defense, as as Nick said before, Bucks hung fifty five of them last week. Aaron Donald having no impact whatsoever. But the, and another massive concern is a league high thirty seven penalties against that defense as well. So mm. that's very sort of unweighted Phillips, isn't it? In yeah, terms it of is. That unit. Yeah, it's very. And for me, is it? Yeah, any other team that if it wasn't sort of the Sean McVay Wade Phillips combo, we'd be deeply concerned. Plus, paying a quarterback, uh, Goff just got a hundred and thirty-four million dollar extension, yep. and he's playing like a you know a forty million kind of guy or a thirty million kind of guy for that. Yeah. Um, so this is huge for the Rams. We were so high on them. We liked what was happening in defense. We thought you know Donald's going to regress to his mean soon enough. Regress positively, that is. Um, and they start producing, but it, it's yeah, it's it's confounding. It's a, it's a it, it, this is one of the biggest stories of the year for me. What's happening with the Rams? Mm. At, the at the same time, they're three and one. So you know, if they win yeah, this game absolutely. on the road, they're four and one, and they've they've kind of gained taken back the reins of this division. Uh, oh, and the conference, yeah, exactly. Well. And depending what happens with mm. uh, with uh, San Fran, but we'll get to that game towards the end of the show. Um, you're right. You, the, the run game has been non-existent. Goff dropped back and threw a pass, I think, 65 times. He had 65 attempts. They only had 10 rushing attempts last week. That is an insane balance. Um, yeah, it Massive, is yeah. stuff. And they're really banged up on the secondary. I mean, Seattle are tempting, but then they, they go and lay an egg at home against, you know, Teddy Bridgewater. So that's kind of something to, that's hard to swallow. But I think Russell Wilson now, he's firmly established himself in my, in my ratings now as the, uh, the second best quarterback in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes. I like the over in this game. I think over 49. I think LA's uh, secondary is, is is hurt at the moment. They're going to be without uh, Marcus Peters, it looks like, um, and possi- possibly one of their safeties, two of their safeties, Taylor Rapp on the injury report as well. Um, so I think this, this could be a bit of a shootout. The overs happened in the last three meetings between uh, these two teams and then last year when both defenses were arguably better um, these two teams combined for games that ended in 64 and 67 points in their two matchups. So I like the over 49, even though sort of the primetime games have been kind of low-scoring fizzes. Um, I think this is going to be a uh, sort of a shootout. So I, I like the over 49. Quick one on Seattle. They are, you know, favoured to win this game, which would mean going 4-1. and one. And also interesting to note, $15 to win that conference. And as we said at the start of the podcast, a wide-open conference. So why not Seattle? Mm. Um, and $15, yeah, so it's, it's a nice price. Good to see Clowney making plays as well uh, for them. Yeah. Houston really could have needed, could have used him last week. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Arizona at Cincinnati. Cincinnati minus three at home. 47 and a half on a short week after an embarrassing performance on Monday Night Football. Um, not a lot separates these two teams in my ratings. I think they're kind of back-to-back, actually, um, in my ratings. 
I'm just doubly, double checking that. Yes, they are um, right down towards the bottom, the both of them. So I was always going to like the underdog here um, just because I don't think the home field advantage for Seattle is that strong, especially on that short week, as I mentioned. So I'm always going to take the uh, the plus here. And I think it's moved to a flat three there, but I liked Arizona plus three and a half, and I took that. Um, it might get back out there. Um, but yeah, maybe shop around. You might still be able to get the three and a half. I think that's just such an extra edge. This could be a field goal game. Um, I'm not overly keen to watch this game. Uh, no Christian Kirk for Arizona, so I think this could be a big Larry Fitz uh, game here for him and uh, and Kyler Murray. It'd be good to see Arizona get a win on the board. Two winless teams, 25th uh, defensive DVOA versus the 30th ranked DVOA. Yep. Kyler Murray is my only reason to watch this, so it's a pass for me. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning Arizona three and a half. I think that. The Bengals are banged up. Um, they're now missing John Ross as well from their offense. Um, not really sure where they're going to get points from. Mm. Um, and so I'm, I'm happy to take the points with the underdog. Yeah. I mean, the, the concern for Arizona is their O-line is just playing like garbage, and, and Cincinnati have shown some pass rush. Um, but, you know, that, that could be something that wrecks Arizona's chances here. But I think I kind of have more faith in Kyler Murray than Andy Dalton at this point. Um, as promising as their start was to the season – on the road at Seattle, I think that was more Seattle just being asleep at the wheel more than anything. Looking back um, now, uh, yeah, Atlanta- I, I do like um, I do like Tyler Boyd for, for both a DFS perspective and a, a player prop perspective, which will we'll without with John on. Ross, yeah, not a bad shout. That um, Atlanta at Houston, Houston minus five. The total is forty nine. I've got no real play on this one. Um, I think the line's about right. It's dire dire times for the Falcons here at one and three. Um, there was a chance there, you know, to Take it, possibly take advantage of the Drew Brees injury and, and force themselves up in this division, and they just haven't been able to grab the reins and go with it. With the other, all the other teams winning and, and them losing, they've just dug themselves into a hole. Uh, I don't know. Texans surely can't drop two straight home games as a favorite, but you know, with Bill O'Brien, the, the range of possibilities is endless. Um, so I'm I'm not taking anything here. I think this is a great spot for DFS. I really like this game from a DFS perspective and a player prop perspective. I think Julio and, and DeAndre Hopkins, both you know elite wide receivers, have big games, and I really like Hopkins, hundred plus receiving yards here. I think you can get around two dollars plus there. Just shop around. I think when when those player props come out, I think Hop, Hopkins goes off here in hundred yards. We saw Watson after the game last week in the stadium, um, practicing with his quarterback coach. You, you rarely see that. Yeah, I, I think the the line is spot on in this one. I, I can't really pick which way to go on on the line, but. Uh, I do think Houston's closer to, to the win, and, and so I'm happy to take Houston money line for this one. Yeah, the line's right in that sort of Vegas nebula zone, isn't it, where it can't make its mind up either. Yep. <laughs> um, it's probably going to all come down to that Texans front again. Uh, worst in the league with a 12.4 sack, per, uh, sack rate percentage. And the question is whether the Falcons can get to them. They've only got five sacks on the season, Atlanta. However, they have registered 21 quarterback hits, which, you know, should suggest they should be converting more of those hits into sacks. Um, and for Atlanta, I guess the broader question is is franchise direction. I know it's it's a one-game spot here, but falling into a 1-4 hole potentially with Quinn and it's it's gone south, hasn't it, the whole Atlanta situation? I think they're sort of sub-50% since making that Super Bowl mm-hmm. offences fallen through the roof. They were number one DVOA offence when they made that Super Bowl, and they're not even league average at the moment. I'm so. not sure, did did the owner of the Falcons, when they're up twenty-eight three, just skin a cat while black cat while standing under a ladder with a with a broken mirror? I don't I don't know what happened. Ever since they blew that twenty-eight to three, things just haven't gone their way. They just can't 
just it just seems to, everything seems to go wrong. They seem to have really Charger esque injury luck as well, and it's just it's really sad because they they're a fun team to watch that year, like a really exciting it's team. They probably should have won that Super Bowl. Um, and Matt well, Ryan, I still think Matt Ryan's a great quarterback. He's still putting up numbers and and racking up yards. It's just it just seems to be something always seems to go wrong with them. Well, a huge thing as well with Atlanta is the run game has fallen, you know, through the through the floor. And as yeah. Nick would know, because he's got the Devontae Freeman in his season-long fantasy <laughs> league of Stats Insider, yeah. um, that really has hurt Matt Ryan. And that sort of explains, like we spoke about last week, Josh, in terms of the interceptions, not all interceptions are created equally. Yep. It's because Matt Ryan is having to throw so often. Yeah, he leads the league no in attempts. Yeah. Exactly. So that's that's a massive contributing factor. And it's been, it seems to be a really long time. Uh, since they've had a really solid running um, in Atlanta. And the other issue is just that whole approach. They've kind of turned into the new Green Bay where it's everything is true to draft. Mm. They're not sort of free agency, active in free agency for whatever reason. Maybe it's to do with the Matt Ryan contract, which at the time was NFL record-breaking. So it's just one of those, yeah, it's it's... It, it kind of like we touched on, we all touched on. We want to see this, these guys doing doing better because it's a fun team and it's a kind of well run team. It's not like we're dealing with a soap opera, mm. but nothing seems to be going right. So yeah, it's just, it's just staggering. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll have to see what we'll see if they win in Houston. That's a it's a gutsy win and might just save Dan Quinn's job for the time being if they can rally out of that sort of one three hole and. And put something together because on paper they they do have the talent they do have the potential. Um, all right, Baltimore minus three and a half at Pittsburgh. The total is forty four. Um, this is a big bounce back spot here for the Ravens on the road. Um, but this this three and a half looks looks like a kind of a trap. Um, feels too good to be true. I mean Pittsburgh looked okay, but a lot of it was gadget and wildcats and underneath stuff. And then once the game blew out, then Mason Rudolph took some chances down the field where there was sort of no risk. Um, there, so I'm not buying into this rejuvenated Steelers offense. I do think their defense has played a lot better. They're getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Um, they're, they're creating a ton of pressure up front, and their D line's playing really, really well. So that's that's an advantage if if they can get pressure on on the Ravens. It's a little bit different, to Andy Dalton, when it's Lamar Jackson. Lamar obviously can just you know bust out and, and make plays at his feet. So look, I'm expecting the Ravens to win and get back onto course here, back back on track here, but. I, I can't take minus three and a half on the road in these in this rivalry with any confidence whatsoever. So um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pass. I'm really worried about this Ravens defense. I mean, when was the last time we worried about the, the Ravens defense? It's normally been just such a stout unit for the for the past decade, but it does invite sort of the backdoor cover there for for the Steelers. Yeah, it's it's a really tough game. It's a pass for me. It's a, the Baltimore should win this, but you never know. Like you said, this this rivalry, it's it's never a game that you can be sure which way it's going to go, and it's, it's just too tough. This season in particular, I'm, I'm not going to touch it. Yep. Sixth worst uh, passing DVLA, and which we touched on again, is, is, is getting sort of slaughtered at the moment. I think along with, the, well, along with the Giants, they've given up more big plays in the league this season. You would have thought that would have been assisted by bringing Earl Thomas in. But at the same time, this, is, this team has undergone a lot of turnover. CJ Mosley left. Mm. They, they got injured, they've got injured corners as well. I mean, they're Brent, missing Brent Tavon Carr, Young. and, and Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Smith. Zadarius Smith as well, leaving in free agency to Green Bay as well was a massive thing. Yep. Um, Terrell Suggs, obviously his career is over in Baltimore. So we thought as a franchise they can absorb that kind of tra- that kind of turnover and just you know plug in a new set and a new because of the, the Baltimore DNA. 
but it, it's kind of like Seattle. It's kind of shifted, hasn't it? Like yep. they're more of an offensive team now, more of that kind of dynamic, nuanced uh, RPO kind of team trying to outscore you to win games. Yep. Um, whereas we, we, we're not accustomed to that kind of vulnerability with Baltimore. And within seven days, we've gone from thinking that Baltimore are you know, a, a contending team with the Chiefs and the Patriots to thinking, God, they might not win this division. Um it's considering the Browns came in and did what they did to them. So all of a sudden it's, it's, it's all, it's all happening. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I think that's going to be a pass for, for everybody there. Let's move on to the London game here, Chicago. Uh, I guess it is technically a road game for them, but, uh, minus five and a half at Oakland, London game, 40 and a half. Um, I'm probably going to avoid this, uh, I initially did my calculations in Oakland where I play, and then I realized I was in London, so I had to minus some home field advantage and some sway, and it, uh, it's, it, it seemed to be about right there at the five and the five and a half, in, right in that Vegas zone. But favorites, they've accumulated an impressive 18, five and one straight up win rate and 15 and nine against the spread, um, cover rate across uh, 24 games played in the UK stadium since 2007. So generally going with the favorites, probably a good, uh, recipe for success in London, uh, Nick. What do you, what do you have here? Um, yeah, look, I still think the Raiders are trash, and they're <laughs> going to be trash, and they're going to be trash for a while. Uh, so I'm taking Chicago okay. uh, at the minus five or minus five and a half. I'd be happy pretty much anywhere up to six. Yep. Um, I think when it's away team, an away game for both teams, you just go with the better quality roster and the better franchise, and and that's Chicago. Yep, uh, James, how do you see this London one? Yeah, one of the big uh, sort of stories to come out of last week was the Trubisky dislocation of that shoulder. So to lose him from that offense, actually kind of like Cam Newton in a way, we get to see something different from this offense. And it's sort of in career, uh, career journeyman, career backup quarterback, Chase Daniel comes in, which is someone who Matt Nagy can work with and potentially get better results out of that offense, which is, you know, bottom tier DVOA offense is producing 4.4 yards per play on offense as well. They haven't, they're not bereft of, um, of, um, actual skill players in terms of Alan Robinson and Tariq Cohen. And so yeah. it would be interesting to see what Chase Daniel can do there. I think he's actually an upgrade. I mean, he can throw the ball. Yeah. You have to respect his throwing ability rather than Trubisky. You just know like, he's going to take off and run the minute he can't get his first read. Whereas Daniel Jones can at least go through his progress, uh, Daniel Jones, um, Chase Daniel can at least go through his pr- progressions and then, uh, you know, make some reads and then and get something. See, I think you have to respect it a little bit more as opposed to uh, to, to Trubisky. So I don't think long-term he's going to help them, but um, I think in the short term, in terms of game planning on a short week, well, not a short week, it, it te- technically it is a short week because you've got to travel to London, but uh, both teams obviously on the short week, but Oakland have to adjust here to playing a different quarterback, whereas uh, the Bears know exactly what they're getting in Derek Carr. Yeah, I think uh, Bears money line and Bears on the points for me here as well. Okay, there we go. Um, all right, Jacksonville at Carolina. Uh, Carolina at home, minus three and a half. Total is 41. This is the, uh, yeah, they're, they're good bowl. This is the, yeah, these quarterbacks are pretty good bowl. Uh, Gardner Minshew, pretty good. Kyle Allen, pretty good. Um, I'm keen to watch this game. I think this is sneaky game of the week. Um, I like the Jags. I like Carolina. I think uh, a lot of... People are low on these two teams, or not low, but I think they're a little bit underrated. I think Carolina's defense has been phenomenal this season. Um, their young corners are, have made the leap, and it just completes this defense. Their, their defensive line is still so dominant, even without K1 Short. I think the acquisition of Gerald McCoy is looking 
even better now that they've lost K1 short to injury. Having that depth on the D-line, well, we saw it with the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl. It comes in handy, um, and I think, you know, this is... This is going to be a good game. You know, Jag- Jaguars secondary showed some serious vulnerability without Ramsey there. You just can't shut down sort of the, the outside corridors with Boye and Ramsey when, you've, when you're missing one. So I think that, you know, gives me enough of advantage to push me towards Carolina here. Um, I think if this gets to a flat three, I'll probably take Carolina, but at the three and a half, uh, I'm going to avoid it. Um, but, yeah, both these quarterbacks are top ten in uh, in uh, uh, advanced analytics, any, any slash A, which is – the adjusted net yards per attempt. I wish there was an easier way to pronounce that, like a Nick Enya. I call it Enya. If anyone's <laughs> listening from now on, Enya is the adjusted net yards per pass attempt. But that's good. That's a really advanced metric, I guess. You know, they're top ten in the league, Minshew and Allen. So they've been surprisingly good. I am a little bit worried about Kyle Allen's fumbles. He's had a couple now. Just you know, try and rein in that ball control because we know Jacksonville are going to bring fire and and, uh, and pass rush ferocity with uh, with that Saxonville mentality. Two weeks ago, we were probably not saying that Carolina and Jacksonville are playoffs teams, and that's how quickly the NFL changes at the moment with this massive middle class, where all of a sudden we are dealing with two playoff teams, uh, potentially. Carolina D, as you touched on, Josh, absolutely outstanding, number five DVOA. Brian Burns, who I'll mention later in my um, yep. long shots, um, is a leading, a massive uh, defensive rookie of the year contender. As a team, 34 quarterback hits and 18 sacks on a season. So that's that's Patriots' number. In fact, it actually is, is better than New England Patriots in terms okay. of the actual quarterback hits. Yep. Um, but the big issue for them is run defense. They're 29th in the league in terms of actually suppressing the run. And now with Kawain... K1. K1, short out yep. of the team. Yeah, you uh, would think that Leonard Fournette might be able to exploit that. And it's it's there where I would probably think there's some value in Jacksonville. Okay. Just that that's uh, yeah, exploiting that. But this is going to be a great game. And really, yeah, really wrap for both these teams who have resurrected their seasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah good, good calls on, on the kind of the backup quarterbacks. Minshew's been really solid and, and looks like, like he's at home in that offense. Um, Kyle Allen's been really impressive, and, and I think he looks like a legitimate NFL quarterback. Yep. No Ramsey again for the Jags, and I think just mm-hmm. the the combination of Allen, DJ Moore, and, and Samuel could probably take advantage of that, and so that's why I'm going Carolina with the points. Yeah, and let's not forget about uh, Christian McCaffrey. He's kind of just taken this offense on his shoulders with, with, with Kyle Allen at the quarterback. He counted for... Well, seventy percent of their yards last year, last week. You know what you're going to get out of out of McCaffrey, and so yeah. you kind of just set and forget McCaffrey, and and anything you get from you know your quarterback yeah. and your receivers is kind of a bonus yeah. on top of that. So Jags are twenty third in rushing defense DVOA, so this could be something for McCaffrey as well. I mean, this could be kind of the, the ground and pound. We talk about the quarterbacks, but this could just be sort of the McCaffrey versus Fournette show here. The two uh, the two running backs that were taken uh, before Pat Mahomes in the NFL draft, just going at it. <laughs> Um, you know, just to remind teams about that. Yeah, you made a mistake. As good as they are, you made a mistake there. So uh, it is interesting, you know, uh, the Jags now handing out, uh, you get a, a Minshew head, uh, sweatband and mustache when you buy tickets to their next couple of home games. This isn't a home game, but if you're in, uh, if you're in Florida and you want to get in, get on board Minshew Mania, now's your chance. And those shorts as well. With yeah. The sort of tear in them. And... Yeah, the jorts. Yeah. The jean shorts. The jorts, yeah. Yeah, I love That's it. That's it, yeah. I mean, special, Nick, Nick mentioned Minshew looking comfortable. I think that guy looks just looks comfortable anywhere he's he's at. Yeah. I mean, just a relaxed, I, he's just a relaxed kind of cat, isn't he? Yeah, it? I really thought I'd it's never. A, it, I'd, sorry, I never, I never really thought I'd have a uh, a uh, kind of quarterback as a cult hero as Blaine Gabbert. Um, but 
from Jacksonville, but Minshew's just already exceeded those expectations. Yeah, it's, 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 it is quite refreshing to have a competent quarterback in situ in Jacksonville, yeah. which we haven't had for since, what, basically Mark Brunette? Yeah, it's been. Mark Brunel? Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been a long time. You can't even remember his name. That's how long it's been. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, Lifty. shout out to Minshew. Uh, I think he's this podcast spirit animal, just... I love Minshew. It's hard. I'm a Colts I'm fan. I should hate the Jags, but I mean, come on. This is this is fun. Uh, right. I'll take that as a spirit animal. Yeah, let's to do be it. honest. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Minnesota minus five and a half at the Giants. Total is forty five here. Uh, this is this is an interesting game. Um, the Giants, you know, two in a row now. Daniel Jones, but he's had some. This is a real tougher test. For Daniel Jones here. This is a, a, a Minnesota defense that's, you know, kind of being underlooked because Kirk Cousins has been so bad. He's been apologizing to his receivers and being called out by his receivers. So there's a whole lot of mess going on here that people aren't, you know, focusing on this Minnesota defense that's playing quite well. And, you know, they're, I think they're top 10. Yeah, they're top 10 in DVOA. Uh, they're, they're ranked ninth in DVOA, 16th in pass defense, fourth in rush defense. So, you know, they're a very stout defense, but, man, Kirk Cousins is a mess right now. And while this is a great matchup because the Giants' defense is horrendous, their secondary is terrible, this is a real this is a real chance for uh, Kirk Cousins to get back on track here. But I, I just can't trust him on the road here. So I really like the Giants plus five and a half. I think Diggs is on the injury report now as well. Um, so if you're going to look for a DFS and a player prop, I think Adam Thielen could overs, especially after being called out. He'll get some uh, he'll get some extra receptions and attention from Kirk Cousins this week. But I like the Giants getting five and a half here. I think this is going to be low scoring. It feels like a field goal in it type of game. Yeah, I, I agree on on Thielen for a bounce back week. Um, I think yep. that's that's a, a very good uh, game script to, to kind of follow if you're playing DFS. But um, yeah, I don't really like either team at the line here in this one. I, I do like, like you said, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I don't mind the under 45, um, but that's about it for me. Yeah. Guys, I promise I'm going to get through this without mentioning the, the, the Kirk Cousins contract, but what I will, will. mention is the 88.6 QB rating, which is which is really alarming and contributed again to that messy, messy loss. I heard a really good call in terms of someone saying on another podcast this week that if the best you can get out of Cousins is him doing the least, that's a massive concern. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, so to hand it all over to your running game and have no sort of deep threat whatsoever from your quarterback is is really concerning. Um, but this could be a really good spot for them. The idea of them, you know, we can't really statistically sort of quantify, but, you know, a team going on the road, all the way across to the big smoke in New York, getting the win, galvanizing, you know, making feel like, they're unhappy, getting the ball into Diggs' hands, coming back with the win, could sort of spark their season. Kirk Cousins getting into some form and showing his teammates that he can play, which we know he can as well. Um, so for me, it's the Giants' money line and cover. I'd hate to think of the fallout, though, if they lose this. this yeah. It's going to get it will get really ugly in Minnesota really and quickly. Daniel Jones' mania will be in full full swing here yep. if, if oh, they right, get yeah. the win against Minnesota here, three in a row. Uh, and imagine New York. And back as well. Yeah. In a um, week or two. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, meanwhile, Wayne Gorman did well last week. Just, yep. he, he did enough. He did, they, they won without their generational running back. Who would have thought, you know? A, Gorman has always been a really solid backup, though. You, you always want a guy like Wayne Gorman to be a, a yep. number two or three. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was, yep. he was money last week. I mean, 
Uh, the books didn't know how to price up a lot of his props, so uh, you know you could get you got over two and a half receptions, over seventeen and a half receiving yards, and they had him for fifty something rushing yards, and and it was just they featured him. It was just it was it was too easy. The the backups behind him are horrendous, so It'll he's going to get high. Yeah, he's going to get high usage again. Um, I know the yep. defense is harder, but he's going to get it. Yeah, the books will be a lot sharper this week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they they have to be. They have to adjust now. I think you kind of just have to treat him like Saquon. Um, in terms of usage and just, you know, it won't be as efficient, obviously won't be able to, you know, burst off those massive runs, but, you know, he's still there. He's still making plays. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting match. It's a real sort of, uh, what's I don't know what the word is, a litmus test, I guess, for the, for the Minnesota Vikings here and, and Kirk Cousins, who I mentioned Kyle Allen being in the top 10 and, and, and Minshew in, in, in Enya. Uh, Cousins is sandwiched between Joe Flacco and Derek Carr. Just really stale sandwich, that. Um, Flacco, Cousins, and Carr. Imagine that. Yeah, not fun. Um, all right. Buffalo at Tennessee. Tennessee minus three. There's not a lot of books up here, so this is very fluid, this line. So please just take this with a grain of salt and say, oh, you said minus three and plus three, and when I got there, it was four and a half because if, if it is Barkley that's starting, I'd imagine this is going to move. Um, but the total's 38 and a half. I like Buffalo plus three here. The Titans, 0-2 as favorites, 2-0 as underdogs. I mean, every week my, my model uh, gets it right and and with the Titans. And this week they like fading the Titans as a favorite. So I'm going to do that. I don't think the difference between between Josh Allen and Matt Barkley in terms of passing ability is that much. Obviously, Allen brings a lot more to the table as a runner and and avoiding hits and, and, and extending plays and, and deep ball percentage. But I think in terms of, you know, completing downs and, and hitting hitting guys in the slot and screen passes and, and moving the chains, I think Barkley does an okay job here. And I think given that this is going to be a low-score game, it does feel like a field goal game. And I think Buffalo are the better team here. And, yeah, I'm going to take Buffalo plus three. Tennessee, for me, is just the team that has been most frustrating for me all season. They were someone who I quite liked in the previous season based on market value, who delivered in the first week and then absolutely went to sleep for the next two. I mean, we saw that Thursday night football game against Jacksonville a few weeks ago, two weeks ago, and they looked absolutely dreadful. Yep. And they come out and, yeah, it's just driving me crazy. But one thing for this actual game is – that Tennessee's offensive line and sack prevention is actually worse than Houston's. This is the league worst mm. offensive line. Taylor Lewan back against, though. Okay, that's going to yeah. be huge, but still, is he going to step straight in and yeah, and be or, fine? I mean, yeah, well. an all pro. Yeah, yeah. Um, against a Buffalo defense, who we know, we don't have to pretend anymore that oh, they're coming there. That we know they're legitimately excellent. So you're getting an excellent defense against still a suspect Tennessee team. Take the points for Buffalo for me. Marcus Mariota, not a single turnover this season. I know he hasn't been asked to do heaps because of how powerful that run game is. Yep. Um, but it is something to keep an eye on because, I mean, you don't throw it. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy that he got that sacked like crazy. 17 times against the Jags and didn't cough up one fumble. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. pretty hard not to do. That is. Um, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Buffalo, they, they deserved the win last week. I mean, they, they their defense just made Tom Brady look like awful. He played like ass. And... They deserve the win there last week. So I think, you know, they can get a lot of pressure here. Their run defensive DVOA is 25th. So you touched on that run game. That could be a, a point of difference for, for the Titans. But, uh, Nick, how do you see this one? Um, look, I've said all year that, that I really like Buffalo. Um, and my bank balance has especially liked Buffalo, as, as I touched <laughs> on earlier at the top of the show. But 
no, this one's this one's too tight. Um, I, th- I do think it's going to be low scoring, uh, but the the over unders a bit too low for me to touch that. Um, yep. And yeah, I'm not going to touch this game at all. Okay. All right, let's move on. Speaking of uh, the Patriots and, and Buffalo, New England, 15-point favorites at Washington. Total is 42-and-a-half. As I said, Tom Brady kind of played like ass last week. I think he had like 40% completion average, like 3.8 yards per attempt or something. It was just checkdowns and screens and throwing. He had one completion above uh, past 10 yards down the field. Um, that's that's not good, but it's going to be a lot. Yeah, to do to win. winners win. You know, you know, good job by Brady uh, blocking that pun and returning it for a touchdown. Um, just <laughs> what a legend. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm expecting a big Brady game. Uh, jokes aside, um, I, I expect a big bounce back. You know, you, you play like that, he's going to come out and I think first drive, he, he's going to hit some big passes and big players against the Washington defense. That is a lot easier to pass on uh, than... Uh, than the Buffalo. They're 29th in pass defense, DVOA. Um, they're not good. Josh Norman, who's played terribly, I think, potentially missing this game as well with an injury. Not that it's going to make too much difference. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think this is going to be a big Tom Brady game. Um, I think Pats only need sort of 20 points here to win. I think there's a chance that Washington score zero. I don't, it doesn't matter who starts at quarterback here. The Patriots D is the best DVOA defense through the first four weeks ever, um, according to their numbers. So that is, Pretty staggering. So I'm going to take under 42 and a half, and the unders are now 11 and two in uh, New England's last 13 regular season games. So I'm going to take under here. I yeah, look, I, I'm a bit on the opposite side. I'm not not going to touch the the over under, but I do think Washington cover that 15 point spread. They're at home. Um, you know they've put up 20 plus points against Philly and Dallas. They put up 15 against Chicago. It's really good defense again. Um, last week was just a, a travesty for, for them, a tragedy in New York. Um, forget last week. I think they'll put up some points. Um, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game by any by any means, but, um, yeah, Washington plus 15. My notes or the question on this game that I have is, 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 is this is potentially the best organization in pro sports versus the very worst organization <laughs> in pro sports, which is it's something to think about in terms of like I'm actually more surprised that uh, Mr. Gruden's kept his job this week than I am actually that the line. They're in big trouble, Washington. As as you guys said, doesn't really matter who's going to be the quarterback here. Pat should um, absolutely feast on that really, really poor defense that is lacking dynamism, athleticism, you name it. Um, and I think the Patriots are tr- going to have to try and get something going on offense to sort of catch up with the D. And probably the figure to look out for is Sonia Michelle, just yeah. 2.8 yards per attempt rushing and has caught one pass this year. I know he's not a sort of t- uh, multifaceted running back, but those numbers are really concerning that have got to jump up. And let's not forget, I mean, here I am praising the Patriots organization. They took him with a first round pick, yeah. which is not something that gets done these days with running backs. Yeah, ex- ex- you gotta, you gotta have that dual, that dual ability, if you're going to warrant take, being taken in the first round, you've got to bring something to the pass game. I know James yeah. White does that, and they got him for a bag of nickels. But, uh, yeah, with Sonny Michelle, they talked about his receiving ability all offseason. We haven't seen it yet. And, and that's the thing, like, you know, if we want to be sort of all, you know, make fun of the, the Cousins contract or the Flacco contract or the, even the Goff contract, we've also got to be serious about, you know, draft capital as well. Yep. And that's that's a huge investment that is, you know, one thing that probably hasn't worked mm. out brilliantly for the Patriots. But, I mean, last playoff series, he was arguably their, their yep. juggernaut. So maybe they're just rolling huge. him out and keeping him fresh for the playoff season. Um, you know, they are 
very controlled like that and they just sort of going through their motions here in September, um, the Pats. So, yeah, you're right about the best organization in pro sports, but both have morally got some serious issues. But, you know, one sold, the, one the sold their soul to the devil for success and one sold their soul to the devil for nothing. So. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm just reluctant to scratch the surface on any of these teams. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> be All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Tampa Bay at New Orleans. New Orleans, three-point favorites here, 47 and a half. This is a tough one for me. My ratings have the Saints by like five, five and a half, but I don't really trust my ratings on the Saints at all. I'm ex- keep expecting their <laughs> offense to regress without Breeze, and it, it kind of has a little bit, but they're still getting wins, and they're, they're, they're coaching their tails off. I think Sean Payton's the coach of the year for me so far. I think he's done a terrific job these last two weeks, but I think sooner or later it's going to happen. We're going to see this poor offensive showing from them, and I think this is the spot. I think... Um, I think Tampa Bay are going to do a good job. They're number one in run defense, DVOA. I mentioned that earlier. They're going to do a good do- good job of shutting Kamara and Murray down. And the Saints offense, they've been held at 265 and 266 yards in its two games with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. So, And I kind of I liked what I saw from the Saints defense last week against the, an exciting Cowboys offense. They've, they've uh, kind of bounced back after their first three weeks of the season. That The Saints defense was... Awful, but I'm thinking back the last couple of seasons now. The Saints are always really, really, really bad the first two weeks of the season, especially on defense. We saw that last year when Fitzpatrick torched them for like 50-something points, and then they slowly started to get better and better as the season went on. They got Sheldon Rankins back, David Onyemata, so they started to get more pressure up front, which helped their secondary a lot better. So I think the Saints are going to get better and better. Um, I think, you know, in terms of DVOA and their efficiency ratings, I think they're going to improve every single week. And Tampa Bay are now going to come off a huge game last week on the West Coast, and now they're going to fly back to New Orleans after a lot of travel here. I think this is a sort of a coming back game for them where I don't think they put up as many points. So that way I'm, I'm leaning under 48 here. I think uh, the unders kind of – I think it's moved now even. I, I took the under 48. I think it's moved to like 46 and a half now. I think that's probably – a little too low now. I feel like 47 is probably the key number there. You try to get either over or under that, depending which way you lean. Yeah, I, I was already leaning over at, at 47 and a half. Mm. If that's come down at 46, then then that would be a strong lean. Yep. Um, I, we're still getting used to this new Saints offense, I guess. Mm. We, we know what Kamara's going to do, but without Drew Brees, you know, they're not going to have that big play at, at the quarterback position. Um, Teddy's, Teddy's played solid football. You know, he... he Pings the ball around. He, he always looks short. He looks inside and he moves the chains, but he's not going to be that play threat um, out to Michael Thomas. And I think Thomas has, has really struggled with Breeze being out. Um, but I, I do think both these both these teams can put, put up points. And at 46, it's a stronger lean. Um, I'd love it if that comes in a bit more. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of leaning the overs. Mm. Another head-to-head. <laughs> yeah. So, sign of a really good organization who can obviously, um, you know, absorb the loss of their best player in the franchise history and go to Seattle and win, host Dallas and win. That's massive for them. We could be actually talking about the NFC favorites here. And the special shout out, obviously, to Marcus Davenport as well. We'll go back to sort of draft capital and draft value. They were sort of canned for reaching for him at 15 and giving up another first round pick to Green Bay to do so. He's produced eight quarterback hits on the season, which is better than Cameron Jordan's production, and it's only converted to one sack, 
we'd be hearing more about him if they had have been converted into sacks. Yep. But really, really, really ballsy. It's working with Dennis Allen as defensive coordinator because we don't. We usually sort of push that the New Orleans defense to the side, and we talk about the explosive offense. But yeah, this is that's 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 a that was a huge win and and massive credit to this franchise. To be honest. Okay. Yeah, I think they've done a great job. I mean, if they can get another win under their belt before Breeze comes back, they're just sitting so nicely yeah. um, and things are going to flow. Well, yeah. I mean, you're right about sort of Michael Thomas. Uh, his production's a little bit down, but I, I didn't realize he sneaky had nine catches for 95 yards just quietly last week, sort of underneath uh, with Teddy Bridgewater. I know the week before he was kind of blanketed completely. So, I mean, he, maybe that connection's starting to brew with, uh, with, Br- with Bridgewater, Nick. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that either. Actually. No, yeah, that was like I remember yeah. he had a pretty good first quarter, but I kind of that game kind of became a snore fest. But I've just gone back to yeah, check. Well, Nine for ninety five. This is surprising to me. That's that's a good game. It's, yeah, it's that's, really that's pretty I, good. I was watching that game and, and even watching it, I didn't realize that he. Yeah, died, so. I mean, it was a pretty pretty snore fest game. I mean, it should have been a lot better than it it, than it was. But uh, yeah, good job by him. I guess he's just yeah he he's so smooth. It's kind of just you, you just kind of expect that from him every week. Um, uh, New New York Jets, Philly uh, at Philly, thirteen and a half point favorites. The Philadelphia Eagles total is forty three and a half. I'm not sure who's playing quarterback here. Um, I was I was double checking this just before we went on, and uh, I'm trying to Roto World saying Jets quarterback Sam Darnold brackets mono is progressive is progressing and trending towards being able to suit up Sunday against the Eagles. It's still a fluid situation. Darnold himself noted. My spleen is going to do what it's going to do. What I love this league, man. What a quote. Is it reality reality TV at the moment? Oh, mate, it is. That is, is what my spleen is going to do. What it's going to do. I mean, that is. I mean, if he if he comes back and beats the Eagles, someone's got to get that. Someone's got to get that tattooed on their arm. A Jets fan. My spleen is going to do what it's going to do. I mean, this is insurance rates on on Donald's spleen goes up. <laughs> if Donald plays, I'm. I'm taking the Jets plus thirteen and a half because he can take advantage of the Eagles' bad secondary. If he doesn't play, I'm going to avoid. But um, I just can't see Luke Falk taking advantage of this of the Eagles' you know defensive issues, especially in in pass coverage and and in pass defense. It's it's pretty bad. I mean, he Aaron Rodgers returned to form last week, uh, but thirteen's kind of too big here to take Philly as well. Who kind of have been starting games slowly. Early in the season, they kind of been doing that under Doug Peterson. They start to really get into their stride in sort of November, December, and start really mauling teams. I feel like it's when the offensive line starts to gel a lot better and just start to understand and know and, and kind of get the feel for each other and, and where they're all going to be. And we saw that kind of start to happen last week where the, the, the run run blocking was massive for Philly. They, they just mauled up front and really made lanes for, for that run game. I really hope they get Miles Sanders. I know Jordan Howard had a big game, but I, I thought Miles Sanders was the most impressive running back on the field last week for Philly. But I'm going to pass. Um, I hope Darnold's back because it sucks to watch the Jets under Luke Falk. I feel like, you know, with these weapons, Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder could have sort of sneaky DFS games here if, if they do, if Sam Darnold does sort of suit up and play. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm going to pass on the match too, but um, I also really like Miles Sanders. I, th- I think he's the most impressive running back on the roster, mm. um, and I think he's kind of a, a DFS point of difference this week against a, a really poor Jets run defense. Someone to look at, and I think you can get him for seven, plus 75 rushing yards at about three bucks as well. Mm, there we go. Uh, one of my plays. Mm. I think he'll get more usage as the season gets, goes on as well. It's kind of build it up each week. 
and then kind of Jordan Howard just burst off a really big run on his first run and kind of just shut Miles Sanders down a little bit. I felt like he was really prime. That could have been a big game from him, but sort of Jordan Howard just as, kind of as, got the opportunities. Jordan Howard had Jordan Howard had three scores, two two running and one yeah receiving touchdown. Sanders still still had seventy four, seventy six. Rushing yards. Yeah, he, well, yeah, he still had a monster uh, game, and I think he, he carried the ball yeah. only 12 times, so he, he yeah, produced yeah. a lot better. For, for me, that Philly win against undefeated Green Bay at Lambeau Field was just about one of the most impressive performances of the season we've seen so far. And as you as you said, Josh, as well, you know, to have that offensive line guiding them down the field, 175 total yards on the ground, two touchdowns as well. You've got that thunder and lightning thing going, as you guys are saying with Howard and Sanders. Yep. And 12th ranked uh, adjusted yards provided by the offensive line from, um, DBR, uh, from football outsiders as well. So it's really, you know, that, that group's getting stronger. And again, providing Carson Wentz, giving protection to Carson Wentz and also able, abling him to hit, hit his spots as well. So whether that's Ertz, whether that's, you know, Aguilar when he comes back, Alshon Jeffrey in that team as well. So yeah, this is, that was a really encouraging win for me for Philly. That sort of got me back on the, on the Philly train. Especially coupled with the Rams sort of falling off and Dallas losing, all of a sudden Philly is right back in that NFC spotlight. So that was a, just a huge win, really impressive. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Dallas Goddard. He, he's a he's a really good blocking mm. tight end. I mm. think he's one of the highest graded on Pro Football Focus. Um, they brought him in and he got a touchdown for his efforts as well when they kind of roll out those tight end sets and do a bit of play action. He can just sort of pop over there. I think he's him being healthy is kind of important as well, um, just given. The injuries at the tackle with Jason Peters kind of looking a little bit rusty. It means that they can kind of move Goddard around and help out with that with that run blocking. So, yeah, I mean that's a gutsy win. You're right, James. I mean they would have fallen into a hole there, but to get that to get that win now, they're kind of especially with Dallas losing was kind of the perfect week for Philly. So, Nick, are you just uh, getting your Cam Newton on with a glass of wine and a cigar? <laughs> I'm keeping very mum. Denver at Chargers. Uh, six and a half point favorites, the Chargers at home, 44 and a half. I've got a double play here. I'm going to channel James, uh, James. I'm going to channel Nick here and go, uh, line and total double. Yes. Um, this is going to be one Love of my it. long shots this week is I like the Chargers minus six and I like over 44 and a half. Chargers, I know, are taking them a lot. I, they've been kind of the most underwhelming teams to start the season, but, I've got this around seven, seven and a half point favorites in favor of the Chargers. So the the edge here under the touchdown is is kind of where I'm leaning. The loss of Ingram is massive, but it kind of is canceled out by Denver's loss of Chubb. Um, so I feel like that kind of mitigates those. Um, and I think the Jags moved the ball with relatively with relative ease in the second half last week. And I think with Gordon back, uh, he can kind of play that four net role. And Eckler can be a mismatch there in the passing game. And they're going to get some players back in that passing offense. I mean, Rivers was thrown to no names last week. Dontrell Inman had like seven catches for 80 yards last week. Um, so if they can get some healthy bodies back, um, I think this is a chance for them to have a uh, a good game in Denver. They're 1-9 and nine straight up and 2-8 and eight against the spread in their last 10 games versus division rivals on the road. So they don't, they don't go too well on the road against the division. And the reason I like the over here is both these teams are actually better offensively than they are defensively. So I think this has got a sneaky shootout potential. So LA are fifth in offense in DVOA against the 27th ranked Denver defense. DVOA, 27th Denver. 27th. What's going on, Vic Fangio? And then Denver, despite Joe Flacco's uh, limitations, I guess, they're 12th in offensive DVOA. Um, and they're, they're against the 28th rated defensive DVOA of the Chargers. So I like... 
over 44 and a half. I think both these teams end up scoring in the 20 points, and I think the Chargers end up maybe sort of get that 31-20 type game here, score on. I'm on the opposite side, but not not by a huge amount. I think Denver keep it tight, and, and I don't mind them at the, the plus six. Yep. Um, something's got to give with, with the Chargers, I think. You know, they have been cursed with injury um, over the last few months. Uh, a few years. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Melvin Ingram out now is is just brutal. That yeah. is brutal for the Chargers, and the kind of you know the swapping Melvin for Melvin Melvin Gordon back in. Obviously, he's a quality player, he's an elite elite running back. Um, but whether or not it shakes things up, whether whether he can get back into the groove of things straight away, is yet to be seen. Um, I, th- I just think that Denver will keep it tight here, and, and I like them with the plus six. This was the game I probably most struggled to get a read on, or a really good gauge on. But just what you guys said, if you know, Chargers would not want to be falling into a two-three hole, having lost to a really, really disappointing Denver team. But as Nick said as well, like when are the injuries going to end for this team? Like it's, yeah. it's actually beyond the joke. Like now, as you said, Melvin Ingram out as well. This is this is horrendous. This is this is crazy. But yet, this is a game that they just they want to win, get through injury without injuries, and move on. Be three and two, and back in the playoff picture. Yeah, I mean it is horrendous the amount of injuries this team's gone through, and it's look, laughable. Yeah, I kind of I am going to kick myself probably when Denver cover this because I don't think Denver are as bad as they as their record is. I mean they they should have beaten Chicago. They got kind of rorted there, and then the you know they've lost two games in the last second field goals, so they could easily be two and two. Um, you know, it's not it's not the worst team in the world, but I just think the Chargers in this spot. I just think this is this is too good a chance for them to kind of get a win and, and move on. And, and I think with Melvin Gordon back, they can use Eckler's too good to leave off the field. I think his snaps are going to stay the same. I think they're just going to use him in a variety of ways. I think he's just such a big mismatch um, against linebackers. He's just so silky and smooth. I think I think he's probably one of the top five running backs this season. I just think he's just been so good. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, okay, Green Bay at Dallas. Dallas minus three and a half now. That's moved out a little bit. Total is 47. Nick, what do you have here? I thought the Packers were really good last week against the Eagles. They just couldn't get it done in the red zone, and they couldn't score when they had to. Yeah. Um, doesn't get any easier this week with, with Dallas um, at home. But, yeah, look, uh, especially Dallas coming off a loss, they're going to want to get back on, on the board really quickly. But, I just, yeah, I can't. I can't do it this week. I just can't touch it. Uh, James? It's sort of, yeah, it's the, it's the biggest Achilles heel that Green Bay have is rush defense. They're ranked 20, uh, sorry, sixth worst in the entire league, suppressing the run. We saw what Philly did to them last week, and I don't think it's going to get any easier seeing Zeke Elliott on the other side of the field. Hmm. Um, I'm still, I'm still high on Dallas. I know that wasn't a great performance last week, but I think it's, it's, it was a learning curve for Callum Moore that he's got to be a little bit more adaptive and more expansive in the game. Um, I, I still think Dallas are a huge chance for that NFC. It's, the team's still good. Although we should question that um, the injury starting to add up just a little bit on that O-line. Mm. Um, Lyle Collins is, is, is sort of suspect for this game. Zach Martin's suspect for this game. And missed the other offensive lineman. Tyrone Smith is definitely, Tyron Smith's there definitely out. There, there you go. I think it's yeah. going to be multiple weeks as well yeah. there. So that's, I mean, and I think I was, I was researching this uh, from, for, for something I'm writing for Stats Insider this week. We're talking about seven years now of being a top 10 offensive line, this, this Cowboys team. So when we think about, you know, how wonderful Prescott and Zeke is like, what a, what a luxury to come into that league behind that line. And, you know, that's responsible for their contracts and their sort of league-wide ad- admiration and respect. Um, 
Yeah. I, I think I think they get it done here. I, I like the line and I mean I like them on the money line. Was that three point five though obviously is a bit a bit hard to stomach. If you want to tease it down to two point five, go ahead, but is that three and a half worries me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's it's a hard game for me. I mean, I've got this a little bit higher. I think it's like four and a half, but the injuries on the O line kind of make it a mm. no play for me because I just you just don't know how much it really shakes things up. Um, I mean, it's funny. I kind of find it funny that the reason their offense sucked last week was because they were trying to establish the run too much. It's like, oh, we've paid Ezekiel Elliott this amount of money. We better start using him. Whereas first three few weeks when they were easing him into the offense and throwing it more, it worked out a lot better for them. So and, and that's exactly where I have my suspicions about the, the run game broadly, right yeah, there. Doing yeah. it for, for the sake of doing, doing it, it, doing it because you paid for it. Yeah. That's not the way to be doing it. No, that's, exactly. But yeah. in this matchup, I think this is the way to do it because Green Bay yes. last week, we saw yes. how bad they were against the run and they, they, this has to be the big Zeke game. And then everyone's going to say, see, yeah, running backs do matter. And it's like, well, yeah. Obviously, but not every team is going to be a sieve on through the middle of, against the run. You're going to you're going to find yeah. teams that that are going to be a trouble. I, I kind of have a small lean to the under here because I think overlooked. Everyone's sort of focused on Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore and Zeke Elliott, but Dallas, you know, their 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 defense isn't too bad. They're they're playing really well. I know their offense is great. They're, they're two in DVOA, but you know their defense isn't isn't too bad. I think they're. They're getting better and better, and and they're making plays. And, you know, they're top fifteen in both pass defense and rush defense. So this is this is a game that I could see. You know, a lot of running of the ball, and I think this could be a, sort of a, a sneaky under game. Um, but I'm going to avoid probably because Rogers kind of loves playing Dallas, and we saw him kind of just blow up last <laughs> week. And I agree with Nick. I mean, Green Bay weren't that bad. They had multiple red red zone trips. I think there was two red zone trips where they got zero points out of it. You know, how often does that happen um, for, can, for an Aaron Rodgers led well. team? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's uh, yeah. So I'm going to go no play, but I do kind of have a small lean to the under. If that drifts out a little bit, I might uh, look at something. But uh, let's move on. Indy at Kansas City. Kansas City minus eleven. The total is fifty-seven. I'm really, really, really worried about my Colts this week. The injury report is incredibly long, and it's a lot of key players. It's not just sort of fringe roster players. It's T.Y. Hilton. It's Darius Leonard. It's Malik Hooker. It's Paris Campbell. It's just a lot of players. Um, Pierre Desir is on the injury list. It's just a long list of players here. This could get very, very ugly. But at the same time, Reek and this, you know, Reich and this offense have done a great job of keeping them in games and they have a habit of close football games. So every Colts game's de- de- been decided by one score so far this season. So the Chiefs are dead last in rushing yards allowed per rush and they're allowing a lot of rushing attempts at home here. The, the key is not to abandon the run so quickly if they are in a little bit of a hole because I think that can be a way that you slow the slow the Chiefs' offense down, give them limited opportunities to score and potentially get the cover here at the 11 points. So that could be a way to go. I, I think this game goes two ways. The Colts cover the 11-point spread or you maybe you could maybe go for some alternative Chiefs and um, go for like minus 19.5 or minus 20.5 and, and they win by like three or four scores here and that could be where where you go instead yeah that that second option's where i'm at um yeah. <laughs> last time last time they played uh last season the chiefs won 31 13 and mahomes didn't even throw a touchdown um yeah, i don't was, know how many times that happened last season that was a, not a great game for us <laughs> no no and and like you said the injury report for for the colts is just horrendous at the moment i think marlon max on it this week too yep um and and mahomes could have a field day 
in, in this one, and uh, I like them to have a very, very big win. Yeah, it could be, it could sort be of, huge. Well, when you think, you know, Patrick Mahomes didn't throw a touchdown in that game, and he didn't throw a touchdown last week. So every evidence would say that he's due to throw a, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> throw a few this week against that depleted secondary as well. So yeah. I don't know about the line, but, I mean, it's a certain Kansas City win, surely. Colts are 31st in defensive DVOA. I think they're better than where their rating is. Um, they're just really awful against the run. With, with Darius Leonard gone, they just don't have, like, he's just so good that without him we're so bad. Um, and he's been out the last two weeks and teams have been able to, and we're just so banged up now on the secondary. But, you know, I just, I am really, really worried about this. This could, this could get super ugly. But if we can somehow keep this close, um, Frank Reich, you know, you know, one of the better coaches in the league, I think, uh, should be applauded if we can keep this somewhat close after laying an egg against the Raiders. That was a, but left a mate of mine was at that game. Well, he's all the way over in in the states to watch the Colts play, and they they lay an egg against Oakland. Just feels feel bad for him. Um, Chris, it's okay. Chin up. Um, all right, Cleveland at San Fran. San Fran minus three and a half. The total is forty six and a half. This 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 is a great game for a prime time. This, I looked at the looked ahead and I was like, oh, Cleveland, uh, San Fran. I don't know. You've got the undefeated San Francisco, the last undefeated team in the NFC. Against now the the AFC North leading Cleveland Browns. After all the bad juju around this team for three weeks, they lead the division somehow after beating the Raiders on the road. But this this game, I don't know. I, it, it's it's a tough one. But I'm leaning San Francisco minus three. Um, I think this is blowing out now to three and a half. But yeah, the Browns are really impressive last week. But the 49ers are legit. Um, they rank inside the top ten in overall PFF grade for a team. DVOA and then uh, adjusted net yards per pass attempt. Uh, Justice Mosquito does a, a ranking every week where he looks at um, net yards allowed and net yards on offense and and makes up a definitive list. And the and the 49ers come up very high on that on that list. And at the end of the year last year, most of the playoff teams were in the top top ten in that list. So it bodes well that San Fran are doing that. San Fran's pass defense being so good is one of the surprising storylines. I know they've only played three games, but it's one of the surprising storylines of the season. So I think San Fran minus three, I think on the road at home after a bye week, I think Kyle Shanahan's going to outcoach Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Niners, the line here is is the play for me. Um, the Browns do look to be improving and they they were good last week. Yep. Um, but I'd like to remind both of you guys that I was pretty bullish on the Niners at the start of the season. And, uh, and I, was I just didn't know how to read them. I, I had them as one of my... You know, absolute wildcard teams where they could have won, they could win five games or twelve games, and in either end of yeah. the options wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think look, they've been they've still been playing within themselves, and and I think there's still plenty of improvement to come from the Niners too. Uh, we haven't seen much of George Kittle, and and he's kind of due for that breakout game. Um, Hundred plus receiving yards, two fifties potentially worth a play. Yep, but some some numbers from Football Outsiders, the Niners are ranked sixth in team offense. Uh, and second in team defense, Cleveland are eighth in team defense and only twenty fourth in team offense. But the Niners second in overall team efficiency, and yeah. their offensive line is ranked number one in both run blocking and pass protection. Yeah, it's pretty, which is incredible. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. They're just they've just kind of even though like kind of the the game against Tampa in week one was so ugly, it was just a gross game to watch, and it was like. They were awful, but their defense played really well. But then the second week, they just—it was one of the most offensively well-coached, schemed wins. Like everything was just so open and free-flowing for them. You know, Shanahan did a great job, and so th- 
things are coming together now. You know, this this is the opportunity now in prime time to say, yeah, we're 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 a team here, um, we're a threat. I think for both for both teams, it's that yeah. opportunity. You yeah, know, it's the it's the we're, we're here bowl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Niners need to say, hey, we're we're legit, and yeah. and the Browns on the other side are, are trying to say, well, you you guys said that we were going to be good this year. We said we were going to be good this year. We are good. Yeah, exactly. You guys are going to hate me because I'm going to lean towards Cleveland in this ah, game. That's fine. So we're not going to we're not going to get uniformity across the board for you know like lock of the week. Yeah. I'm still skeptical of who San Francisco have actually beaten. I mean, we're talking. Tampa, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh, who yeah. I doubt any of those three will go to the playoffs this this season. But the upside for San Francisco is they're getting so much production out of third and fourth tier players. We haven't seen Tevin Coleman come in this year. We see, haven't seen Jarek McKinnon. Garoppolo is uh, past a rating of about 95 and four interceptions on the season. Um, and we always look to punch holes in the Cleveland offense. I know they stand and they stepped up last week. Chubb had a breakout game, and it's not as though San Francisco's defensive line is setting the world on fire this season. Um, 18 quarterback hits on the season is, is amongst the lowest in the league. So if Cleveland can keep that together, try and get something out of OBJ who's delivered. Uh, did he have a catch last week at all? I don't think he did. I think he, um, I think he had one. It was a Jarvis Landry game. That was the, this is the yeah. matchup that this is where the injuries of, for the Ravens have caught up to them is they've got Anthony Everett. So whoever's lined up against Anthony Everett's just to- toasting him and, Luckily for Jarvis, it was him last week. But yeah, you're right. OBJ needs to have a big game. I mean, he's getting there. He's he's being open. It's just it's just about getting the ball to him. But I don't want to be you know too critical on San Francisco in terms of you know the schedule stuff because look, I was born on Dallas and Dallas beat nobody in their first three games, so shouldn't be harsh on San Francisco for doing the same thing. I mean, you can only beat who's in front of you. And look, Tampa Bay beat one on the road against against LA, so maybe they're not that awful. Um, So. It's hard, yeah. Two but, for but, two for twenty like, for OBJ last week. And and like Nick said, it was it was it was a, 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 a this was a team who we both disagreed on the start of the year and who I've definitely got wrong and probably underestimated Kyle Shanahan's a bit. This is where play calling comes into it so much. This guy can mould anything out of anybody into a you know a functioning professional footballer, which is you know full credit to them for that. Like and as I think, yeah, they're going to be fine. Um, but yeah, I do like Cleveland here. I do okay. like Cleveland, at least on the points. I don't know about money line, but I think they can cover the three point five. Yeah, I feel, it feels very much like it could come down to the wire. But I don't know. I just I look at all these ratings and, and where they rank, and I know they haven't played anything great. But I know it just it seems to add up all right. They're, they're doing things the right way, and I know their offensive line, uh, their defensive line hasn't really racked up too many quarterback hits. But you know, look at their talent across the board, and I can see them having a big day. Um, against the the Cleveland offensive line, I think Buckner and Armstead and and even Solomon Thomas, if they can get him involved opposite Joey Bosa, I think they have a lot of talent there that can capitalise and feast. Looks like then with the Niners being ruled out as a uh, lock of the week, thanks to James, it looks like Arizona plus three is probably going to be the lock. Just looking around. Um, it's pl- well, we've we've got it plus three and a half, so but it's plus three at the moment, so I think we have to take the three. Um, what about yeah. the Buffalo game? Did we agree on that one, or were we? I know oh, Nick had a pass on the Buffalo. Yeah, we did. Tennessee one. Yeah, yeah, I think Arizona then. Yeah. All right, we'll go Arizona. We'll put it Arizona three or three and a half, depending on what you can get there. Um, we'll go three point two five. We're gonna take some uh, Asian handicap lines. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, let's get into best bets and long shots here. Nick, start us off. What, what are your three best bets and your long shot? 
Uh, yes, I one of mine was Arizona three and a half. Yep. Um, I like Minnesota Giants under forty five. Yep. And like I said earlier, I think George Kittle's kind of due for a, for a big game. He's been yeah. really quiet. Um, you can get him at a hundred yards for about two fifty, but you can get him at seventy plus for uh, about a dollar ninety. Yep. Um, and a couple of long shots this week, like I mentioned, Miles Sanders, the Eagles, seventy five plus rushing yards at about three bucks. Yep. And Tyler Boyd, if you're looking for something a bit juicier. Uh, without John Ross at, at the Bengals, um, 120 plus receiving yards at $4.50. Mm. Juicy. All right, James, what have you got for us? From a long shot perspective, I still really love that $4 that's out there about there being a zip 16 team this year. We've got what, five teams or six teams who haven't won a single game and who are all in this tank race like we've touched upon before. Yep. I, I still think that's value. Something else that we've touched upon a couple of times on the pod is Brian Burns from Carolina, $8.50. Still pushing that? Yeah. Year. I like it. No, no, I am. I am yeah. more than ever, in fact, because, um, you know, there's, there's one player in that Shaq Barrett in the entire league who has, who has more quarterback hits than him this year. Um, with 10 and he's got nine. So that's, that's actually non-rookies who we're talking about there. Okay. It's not a, it's not a stellar rookie, rookie field. And Brian Burns is probably the best player in the defensive unit that is ranked, you know, top five in the league. That's got to mean something kind of like Darius Leonard last year, who didn't set the world on fire, didn't become a household name, but just quietly got it done week after week after week. That's Brian Burns for me this year. Um, and I, I 850, I do think is value. Um, yep. And, and Alabama, why not? $4 for, to win the college uh, football championship. Things are starting to heat up there. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. $4? Are they still $4 at places? There's, there's a $4 oh. out there. Okay, um, we'll talk off air. Uh, yep. I'm in on that. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm so in on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, and because you know we saw the vulnerabilities of a two dollar eighty favorite in Clemson. We nearly lost last week to North Carolina. Yeah, so, Clemson um, concerned me. I mean, yeah. Four dollars for Massive, Alabama. Like, get, they're like, only going to get shorter at this point. Alabama. I just I can't see them dropping a game until yeah, the final. And they might have the first thirty-two draft picks in the in this, <laughs> this coming draft. So yep. so yeah, and yeah, it's a, a small program for people who don't know Alabama football. Yeah, real underdog <laughs> type. Um, you're one of the good guys. Um, yeah, four dollars. I like it. Um, all right, and my best bets are cool. uh, I like under forty two and a half New England at Washington. I also like under forty seven and a half in the Tampa Bay at New Orleans game, and I like Arizona plus three or plus three and a half if you want to shop around there. And then my long shots, I've got two long shots this week. I'm channeling uh, the the Chargers minus six and a half and over forty four and a half at three seventy five in that line and total double. Hopefully, I have as much success at the line and total double as Nick. And then I'm also like Marquise Hollywood Brown to have a hundred plus receiving yards at 275 there. He's left a lot of yards on the field in the last couple of weeks. Um, and I think this is the game where they get it all together and he, and he, you know, breaks off a big touchdown pass or, or a big passing play here and gets himself over a hundred yards. Some other receivers I like this week. Uh, I think Thielen has a big game. I, I said DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones. And I like the, the two Jets receivers, Crowder and Robbie Anderson. Um, to have some big games um, if Sam Darnold plays uh, as well. Okay, joining me uh, after a week off, uh, Daryl Data. How are we, mate? Good, yeah. Where was I last week? Well, last week we were recording on Friday morning, so I'd imagine you would have just ah, been slaving hard. away in your office, just working hard, just churning out loads of content before the AFL Grand Final. Yeah, somebody decided to, it was a public holiday in Victoria. <laughs> yeah, what's the go there? I mean... 
New South Wales, we get nothing. I mean, we got our grand final on Sunday, and we don't, we, oh, actually, Monday is a public holiday, just coincidence, but it's not to do with any football related <laughs> circumstances, but, uh. Except that it's the day after the NRL grand final. Yeah, that's just purely coincidence. But, oh well, that's fine. <laughs> um, how did the model go last week, um, across the board in, in the NFL and college? Yeah, so against the spread, four and two, two and one on the green selections, uh, only one total play, which yep. ended up orange in that loss, to ten and six against the spread and seven and four on totals for the season. Yep. College football actually was better than I thought, but still a bit down. So we're now 35 and 26 on totals, um, 12, plus 12%, 29-17 on sides. Uh, so last week was four and six sides, seven and eight totals. Okay, yeah. I heard the last week wasn't great for a lot of punters. Um, the books kind of had a bit of a fill on college football last week with some some skewed results there. Uh, so you know, not 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 always going to be a great week. But yeah, thirty five and twenty six on totals and twenty nine and seventeen on sides is just overall on the season. It's just money for jam. That's that's great stuff for the model. And so, what is the model like this week in the NFL? Uh, so these are from this morning. Um, but so yeah, New York Giants plus six. Okay. Um, and our long shot of the week is also the Giants. Uh, they were three dollars and five on yep. the money line. Yep. We don't uh, mind that. We don't mind that, Nick. I think we kind of mm. lean towards the Giants plus. I know I did. I, I think you like the under. But if this game does go under, then the, that plus six kind of you kind of correlate that to a, a more chance that they cover. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Don't know if we're going to get any better number. Um, have you guys been monitoring the line movement? I think it's actually gone the other way. I think it's five and a half now. It's kind of uh, Stefan Diggs ended up on the injury report a little bit, and so I think I think it's going to hover around that five six mark. If man, if it can get to seven, that would be beautiful. But I just can't see it happening. Um, and another one I see from your notes here is possibly moved, but um, when I check Tampa Bay plus three and a half. Yep. Yeah, I think that's moved to. Minus three, but the the three is pretty pretty juiced, so it could could go back that way. Yeah. Um. So yeah, both of those green selections, and we actually have all three green this week. So Kansas City, Indianapolis under fifty six and a half was the other one we had. Yeah, I kind of like that uh, as well. I touched on that. I think the Colts can really slow the game down and play possession football, and they've kind of limited teams to a lot of possess to minimal possessions in their games, um, but it kind of doesn't take Kansas City. It's it's, it's really tough to fit psychologically to take an under against Pat Mahomes just because he can score from anywhere. And, and all they need is 14 minutes to put up 25 points or 26 points. Yeah, we've seen them. So yeah, it's, it is pretty nuts. But they've kind of been really slow second-half team. Like, once they score, they've, they've kind of just put the towel on the rack on teams and, and just run the football really well. So uh, who knows? I kind of I don't mind that play from the model um, there as well. So... Yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of options. And a half. Yeah, that fifty six and a half, fifty seven line, I think, was a number um, Josh had problems with last year, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did it several times. Yeah, we we really struggled around that. Uh, yeah, you can get some flat fifty sevens as well. So you know, if you want to have a look around, you can get some some more bang for your buck there as well. So yeah, I like I like the models picks this week. Um, kind of synchronized. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I like it. Uh, but sometimes I I get nervous when me and the model are on the same page though. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes me yeah makes things seem too simple and it's never too simple in the NFL as we saw last week with like majority road and underdog teams winning last week. So I think yeah. in in the super contest the most popular picks went zero and five. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. It was a weird week. Yeah. Um, certainly in all the kind of confidence pools and stuff. I mean, you had 
sort of 55, 57 scores rather than 89. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was nuts. I mean, in this, in this tipping comp, I went in two, two games where only one, pe- one person out of 50 were on the side that ended up winning on two games. Yeah. Um, everyone was kind of on certain sides and it just never, it just didn't go that way at all. So I think the average, the average was two out of five, um, for the week last week. So yeah, it was kind of one of those weird weeks. So hopefully we get some normality back in our lives, uh, here in, in week five. Uh, Daryl, thanks for joining us. Uh, Nick, any final thoughts on, uh, on week five before we finish? No, let's keep the long shots rolling. Yeah, yeah, keep it going. Keep it going, Nick. Yeah. Just a reminder, Nick's long shots, they're just undefeated. They've never lost. Um, so rewind, listen to that and, uh, and find that out. Um, and that wraps up the show for week five. We'll be back next week for week six. I am Josh Wire. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Stats Insider. Please check us out. Leave us some iTunes reviews and, uh, tune in next week.